Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, visit them at a ham fest near you or call 920-435-2973 or online at pl-259.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 104. The Collegiate Amateur Radio Initiative recorded live on Thursday, March 1st, 2018. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Andy Malusi, KK4LWR, and we'll Take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week here on the show, Michael Coulter, WHCI, was here to talk about the progress of changes coming to this year's Dayton Hamvention. So if you missed the show, you can listen anytime. You just go to hamtalklive.com and you can listen right there live on demand. Or you can catch us on a podcast that's uh, some Services like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, and or TuneIn or SoundCloud. We're also available on YouTube. You can subscribe to us at all of those as well, and uh, it'll show up on your phone every single week. Um, so get your questions ready to go about the colleges, and after we talk to Andy for a little bit, you can give us a call. I'll go ahead and give you the phone number. It's 812 812- Net ham one. That's eight one two six three eight four two six one. We're not ready for calls just yet. We're going to talk to Andy for a few minutes first, and then we will uh, take a break, and then we'll come back and take your calls. But that's the number to have ready: eight one two six three eight four two six one. You can also Skype us. You can find us at Ham Talk Live on Skype, and you can tweet us. Our Twitter handle is at Ham Talk Live. And so I'll be back with Andy right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Ham Fest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. 
Stock up on those supplies like PL259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. The early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show again tonight. They help bring you Ham Talk Live each and every week. This weekend, they'll be at the Cave City, Kentucky Ham Fest on Saturday and Toledo, Ohio on March 18th. April 6th and 7th, they'll be in Belton, Texas. And on April 7th, they'll also be in Staunton, Wisconsin. So catch them at a ham fest near you or give them a call at 920-435-2973 or visit them online at pl-259.com. Tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live and thanks to them for all they do for us here. And tonight on the show is Andy Maluzzi, KK5LWR. He's the past president of the Gator Amateur Radio Club at the University of Florida in Gainesville. He's currently a systems engineer for Walt Disney Parks and Resorts in Florida. And he became a ham in 2012 at the coaxing of his brother, Anthony, KD8RTT. And his undergraduate work was down the road from me in Terre Haute, Indiana, at the Rose Holman Institute of Technology. And he recently received a Master of Science and PhD in Electrical and Computer Engineering from the University of Florida. And he is originally from Westlake, Ohio, which is just west of Cleveland, and has lived in Redmond, Washington, and Austin, Texas, in addition to his two college stops. And Andy is a key leader in the ARRL Collegiate Amateur Radio Initiative, a group that has been formed to share ideas and promote and rejuvenate amateur radio clubs in colleges and universities in North America. And a few years ago, we even had a chance to publish an article in QST about School Club Roundup, or more like Andy did, and I sent him some stuff, and, and so did Troy. So Andy, good evening, and welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks uh, for coming on and um, been talking to uh, to several of the people in the uh, in the carry uh, field and um, wanted to get you in here this evening and, and talk a little more specifically about it. Um, so why don't you tell us about carry and how that came about? Yeah, so the uh, Collegiate Amateur Radio uh, Initiative. Um, under the American Radio Relay League, um, really sort of came out um, of a sort of a grassroots uh, grouping on Facebook. So um, Sterling, um, fellow ham, um, he uh, started a Facebook group um, just for college clubs to, you know, talk about the problems of, you know, uh, college amateur radio. It's a unique beast because uh, in today's society, you know, students are walking around with radios in their pocket, but they don't really realize it. You know, they all got cell phones and they assume they can call anywhere in the world and do pretty much anything with them. And, 
you know, that like the technology is accessible to everyone, but you know, they don't really realize sort of the art and the science behind it. Um, so clubs have been, you know, some are stronger, some are weaker, you know, and it just sort of went by student interest. So, you know, we've all sort of struggled there. Um, when I led the Gator Amateur Radio Club at UF, you know, we'd have some good years and we'd have some rough years in terms of student involvement. Um, so this was sort of a forum for us to, you know, group together. And then uh, the league sort of came along and said, you know, we want to, you know, foster this. You know, part of the league's mission is to continue to grow amateur radio. And, uh, you know, college hams and you know even younger, you know, um, are really the future of the hobby. So they came in, um, sort of helped uh, manage the page, has also given a lot of PR boost to it um, and really sort of made it loud, um, especially uh, dating back now, you know, over a year now. Um, and making it loud so that we sort of have some funding behind it as well as, um, you know, some PR to make it happen. And, uh, you know, that came really through the Ed Schneider um, gift to the league, uh, which and his call is W1YSM. Uh, um, and he, you know, came from Yale Medical School and he worked with Tom Gallagher and they sort of started this, you know, endowment for uh, college uh, clubs um, with the league. And that sort of has kickstarted everything. And, so far, uh, we've had, you know, really some amazing growth. You know, the, the Facebook group um, was just a few of us in the beginning, relatively close-knit group of people that sort of, you know, knew each other from other things. And, you know, now we're talking, you know, over 700 members uh, in this group. Um, and I was actually doing the numbers before Hamcasian. And, you know, from just the posts on there, it looks like we've had over six clubs form um, or at least announce that they've reactivated um, on that group just in the last year alone. Um, and I think a lot of that comes through having the support of, you know, that great group of uh, hams to make it happen. In the high school realm, I, I, I get a lot of, of questions, you know, of, you know, how do I get started with a, a school club and how do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? And, and so there's some support activities that, you know, we do, uh, which school club roundup, which you and I kind of met through, um, is, is one of those. Uh, but for the colleges, there, there really wasn't a whole lot there to, to start with. And, and so this group is, uh, is kind of let people share ideas and, and what works and what doesn't. And, and, um, and you come up with some interesting ideas and, and, and like, you know, Scott Westerman was on the show, W9, um, WSW, uh, and he he was telling me about the um, APRS on the on the mascot for the college, and uh, you know people could actually track him on football games, you know, and and find him to, to get a picture and a lot, you know, what what a cool idea, and and if some others had had you know been able to share that, um, you know, who knows where it could go, and and there are just a lot of things like that. Um, small things that that might spark an interest and and give some exposure to the radio clubs on campuses. Yeah, I mean, one of those um, opportunities is definitely the overlap um, with some other you know activities. Uh, right now, it is very very popular in the engineering field to look at satellites and to look at space. Um, it's a really difficult problem uh, to put something in orbit and. Uh, it's also really difficult to get spectrum to talk to your thing that you put into orbit. Um, so amateur radio offers a really unique opportunity. And I know AMSAT's partnered with universities um, for a while now in making that happen. But even students um, 
you know, on campus are using that as an experimentation platform. They're doing high altitude balloons um, with APRS tracking, um, you know, really just sort of uh, starting to integrate the hobby um, in some really cool ways into other parts of their curriculum or co-curricular activities, um, which I think is doing wonders for the hobby and bringing new people in. I know at UF, um, a large contingent of our group uh, actually came from um, our SwampSat group. And we actually had two ground stations because when we launched the satellite, they wanted to have a backup ground station and all that. So, um, you know, I mean, that was a huge motivating factor in terms of, uh, you know, making the club active and loud. So, you know, this Facebook group really provides the opportunity to suggest those sorts of things or to coordinate things. Um, Most recently, this past Tuesday night, technically Wednesday morning at midnight um, on talk group 9500 on uh, Brandmeister uh, DMR, there was a uh, college net. Um, and sort of making that happen, new ways to connect with hams. Um, so it's really done wonders for that connection. And then also, like, at events, being able to recognize hams, um, having swag special for ham, uh, college hams, um, and really sort of promoting, um, you know, and, and providing schools with the, you know, the tools to sort of make a club uh, happen. You know, it, it's nice to have, you know, stickers or giveaway stuff when you do, like, a career fair or a student activities fair or that sort of thing. Um you know, or for alumni. So, you know, there's also been some of that, which has really been helpful. And there's been a lot of exchange of ideas on the group, which is just really what I think led to the success in the last year. Excellent stuff. Um, now we've talked a little bit about, uh, what the league has done to promote this and, and give some, uh, some, uh, PR for, uh, the initiative and everything and, and kind of come in. Uh, what, other kinds of support is the league offering through um, some of this um, money that that's come in from um, the donation that you were talking about, and and what are some some ways that ARL supports um, schools that are out there that are trying to make this happen? So some really cool things that um, have happened has been forums specifically targeted at college students at ham fests all over. We had one at Dayton last year. We've had a couple now at ham occasion. Um, I know box bro has had a couple. So, I mean, um, you know, the league has come out in force sort of saying, you know, uh, not only do we want to, you know, give you on campus tools, but we also want to give you, um, you know, a forum within the ham community as well. And then also the league has provided, um, you know, different uh, materials for getting hams licensed. Um, we have given away lots and lots of books at our uh, talks. Um, we've given away, uh, you know, operator handbooks. Um, we've given away, you know, licensing guides and all that and raffled them off specifically, you know, focused at college students, um, either to help college students, you know, increase their license and move from tech to general or general to extra, um, or to use it as a way to get students, you know, into the club. You know, uh, I think that those sorts of things are, uh, really invaluable because if you think about the cost of you know a book you know from the league it's you know fifty dollars for the you know handbook and it's a great resource um, but again going to the size of college clubs and the funding they typically get from their schools that can be difficult to obtain um, you know unless you have some alumni or something like that to you know sort of donate that it's really a difficult um, thing and it really helps motivate the club and uh, to do different things you know getting an antenna you know booking like the wires classic antenna books are great for uh, really motivating a club and you know being able to give away some of that stuff at the different events um, has really been fantastic from the league's end um, just you know just besides the PR of promoting it but just providing useful materials that turn directly into you know student activities and student activities is how you grow the club 
And let's talk a little bit about growing the club and maintaining activity uh, from year to year. And that's something we were talking about just before the, the show came on uh, of how you maintain a, a group from one year to the next to the next when, um, you know, the uh, the turnover is, is pretty high because students are only there for a limited amount of time. So how do, what are some of the suggestions that uh, you, you've offered to keep things going from year to year? You know, um, one of the things that, you know, sounds like it would do really well is but doesn't really turn into things is like regular meetings um, or meetings just, you know, sort of for administrative or unstructured um, things that do phenomenal year over year is when you decide to actually do a specific thing and you announce that. Um, so if you say we're going to make a two meter Yagi, a tape measure Yagi that I'm sure we've all done before, um, or if you haven't, you should definitely try it. Um, but, you know, it's a simple, you know, relatively inexpensive project. Um, we would have, you know, three or four people show up to our regular weekly meetings at UF. We did that. We had like 35 people show up and I'm like, where are these people coming from? They're coming out of the woodwork, you know? Um, and it, it, those sorts of things where there is something tangible and they understand and they learn something, um, is really cool. Uh, piggybacking on really new technology, um, also helps. So like FT8 this last year has been huge in the amateur radio community, but also been huge in the college community because it's, uh, it's a relatively accessible digital mode. Um, it's something that doesn't require the best antenna yet doesn't take as long as like JT65. Um, so, you know, college students were, you know, doing skeds and all that all over, um, FT8, you know, and I saw multiple schools posting um, in the Facebook group saying, hey, we're going to be on FT8 tonight, you know, work us um, and that sort of thing. And that really helps, too. And then um, probably, you know, the most awesome, um, you know, way to include and grow your club um, to include others and grow your club is to piggyback on other events um, wherever you can. So tailgating before football games. I know there's been some great success um, down here in Florida. I believe UCF has done that a few times. Um I know at UF, we actually partnered with the other SEC schools. So we're talking like uh, University of Tennessee, um, those sorts of things. And we would do a uh, – on the SEC championship game, we would do a special event. Um, and we get a lot of students that want to work that because it's a relatively low-pressure thing to do a special event. Um, and you know it's relatively high visibility, and it gives you something fun to do, something to talk about with everyone um, – you know, on the air, you know, the Gators might not have been the strongest team the last couple of years, but, you know, it was still something fun that you could, uh, to talk about. And, uh, you know, pretty much everyone loves college football. So it was an easy instant connection, um, for new hams. And I think that that's, you know, the biggest thing is getting a new ham on the air and sort of breaking down those barriers and, you know, building an antenna is great because you've given them a tool, um, which is usually a you know, great way to start. But then the next step is, uh, you know, giving them reason to get on the air and making them feel comfortable. So having a low barrier to entry like college sports uh, really helps. Yeah. And I would say, you know, in the SEC, my beloved Kentucky Wildcats, you know, um, that, that they could get involved in this, but not, but in football, we're, we're, we're never in that conversation. So <laughs> I don't think that's yeah, going to yeah. work. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 a, you know, confident game for the Gators. I'll put it to you that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's uh, that's an understatement. Well, anyway, uh, those are some some ideas that uh, are out there to help uh, keep activity going. And um, and we've also talked a little bit about um, 
just being out there in the community and, and like we we go out and try to um, talk to some of the elementary schools, you know, so that those kids know a little bit about ham radio before they get to high school. And and you were talking uh, before the show too about uh, uh, up at UF um, going out into the community and 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 always uh, you know being there so that you were visible, so that uh, w- when those kids would come to college, they they knew who what it was. Yeah, we would definitely do that. If there's like the Boy Scouts wanted to do Radio Merit Badge, we would offer up our station, get them up there, get them on the air, that sort of thing. Um, we do local marathons. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that also drives club activity because it's something with a very specific purpose. Um, and students will come out to that and they'll say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what I'm getting into. This is going to be fun. So, yeah, yeah it, right. it's a great so, way to sort of build the future and keep a club active. Some uh, great ideas there. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll start checking the tweets and the messages and uh, take your phone calls. So uh, be sure to give us a call. We've got a couple of uh, public service announcements to get in here, but we'll be back with Andy right after this word from the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting and Amateur Radio Newsline right after this on Ham Talk Live. The National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting, located in Westchester, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, is only two minutes off I-75. The museum is the former home of the Voice of America Bethany Relay Station. Tours are now available every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can see the control room, a 200,000-watt transmitter, and the most comprehensive collection of inventions by the iconic Powell Crosley Jr. Also on display is a huge antique radio exhibit and R.L. Drake's personal collection of most every Drake amateur rig ever made. This is a unique opportunity to see amateur radio in action and have a chance to get on the air from WC8VOA. Admission is only $5 a person, the museum is located close to historic WLWAM and tons of shopping and restaurants. Take a trip to the VOA Museum or visit us online at voamuseum.org. Nominations are now open for the Amateur Radio Newsline Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Young Ham of the Year Award. I'm Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Since 1986, we've had the honor of celebrating the accomplishments of youth in ham radio, and we want to know about your exceptional young ham. You'll find the rules and a nominating form by clicking the YHOTY tab on arnewsline.org. Fill it out, send it in, and we'll see you and an amazing young ham at the Huntsville, Alabama Ham Fest in August. Thanks, and 73 from Amateur Radio Newsline. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rap. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at hamtalklive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And it's time for your calls now. If you have a question for Andy, give us a call at 812-NET-AM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us at HamTalkLive or tweet us at HamTalkLive. We've got a couple of uh, comments on the website as well to get to. But first, we do have a caller on the line. And no surprise, Sterling, good evening. No surprise. Hey, you hear me okay? I hear you just fine. This is Sterling Coffee in Zero SSC that we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. I, your ears uh, I burning. A little bit later, I think you guys mentioned the DMR net. Um, it's kind of a funny story. We started that. Uh, a couple of us were up at night, at midnight. And we we're like, why don't we have a net? And we all kind of like polled each other on our group me chat saying, you know, what do we do? Echolink, DMR, um, Discord or, or, you know, VoIP kind of things, I, you know. And we ended up with DMR, and that was surprising because, you know, it's a digital radio, and there's a, you know, a, a, a barrier to entry to that. Um, but surprisingly, DMR is super popular. It's like, it's like hype. It's, it's, it's like everywhere. Um, Triple E put up a DMR repeater. A lot of, a lot of other co- clubs have been putting up DMR. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, I think it's a good mix of, uh, you know, technology as well as, uh, you know, amateur radio, you know, it definitely forces you to experiment a bit to get it yeah, right. Absolutely. Like m- me personally trying to put a, a code plug in the, in my GD 77, I've, it's just a pain. And I almost bricked the radio. I had to call radiodity to be like help. Um, but I eventually got it fixed and it's, it's cool to have that challenge. I, I, I do agree with that. Uh, and they're also pretty cheap. Um, but yeah, we had it at midnight. A few people, a lot of people came on, um, uh, and uh, but there was a consensus that it was a bit late for most, and we turned the midnight net into an informal net, and now we're having it on Tuesdays at uh, whatever six or seven or eight Eastern, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yep. And there's a group. Uh, there's an event inside the uh, Carry Facebook page. Yeah. So, so. check it out. Um, yeah, I just wanted to relay one thing from Triple uh, E that that caught my eye today on their uh, their chat. Tonight they had a licensing session and they had 15 applicants come in and 16 elements were passed. Um, apparently, I think that math works out to 14 new hams. There was one new ham general who passed the tech and the general at the same time and then uh, an upgrade to general. So big round of applause for the W0EEE ham radio class and, and uh, test session there. Um, they've been also doing a PCB class that's been on their Facebook and I, I've been poking it around on the uh, the Facebook uh, group me on carry one of the really good examples of you know what can we do with this collegiate kind of ecosystem uh, I think the PCB class is like one of those perfect examples yeah it's really got good overlay with other sort of curricular activities or, you know and provides a good you know low barrier to entry um, or natural sort of overlap uh, with amateur radio so, yeah. yeah, that's been really fun to watch. And it's it's all hams doing it too. All the it's it's the Triple E Radio Club um, doing it entirely. And and it's KiCad, so it's open source, uh, free software that you can you can download and uh, learn how to make printed circuit boards and and schematics and and uh, learn a little bit of electrical theory uh, as uh, as anybody. You can go on the Triple E W Zero Echo 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 Facebook page and and or PCB W Zero E E E dot Radio is where all of the PDFs, presentations, and stuff is stored. So if you, anybody wants to check that out, please do. All right. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in, Sterling, and, and we'll, we'll keep you around here for a little bit if you uh, are willing. Um, we've got a few messages here from Troy Simpson, W9KVR, who's the uh, 
um, trustee over at W9GRS, and they've been underwater. Uh, they've, they've been out of school because of all the flooding, so he says he's drying out here. Uh, but one of the things that he noticed, um, the uh, collegiate participation in school club roundup has gone up in the last few years, and, and he ties that directly to the, the college initiative and, and helped um, when um, – you know, the students are, are able to talk to uh, some of those college stations. And uh, and Troy, by the way, says, good to hear you again, Andy. So, um, you know, there, there's some uh, there's some connections there. And I know, you know, we, we always talk, you know, on, on School Club Roundup in high school. We always talk to K5 LSU. We always talk to Dana down in the uh, physics department down there. And so he always sends us stuff, you know. And, and it's even a good recruitment tool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I mean, for schools, um, you know, especially like college stations, I know my uh, when my brother was up at uh, Rose Holman and he was president of Rose Tech Radio Club up there, um, they were very, very lucky. Their, their station is like five feet off a main hallway. So they set up a, you know, basically a public station um, and work school club roundup from the hallway and, you know, got a whole bunch of people passing by, um, you know, and just interested just by, you know, pure you know, it, it was going on in the hall while they were walking to class. Um, and it's that's, it's that really a great sort of definite activity, you know, going back to that, you know, saying, okay, we've planned, we're going to do this activity. And it's, again, it's a low barrier to entry. You know, you're talking to people that want to talk to students. Um, and that really makes people feel comfortable. I have several YouTube videos up there, uh, up on uh, YouTube that show, you know, new hams just getting on for School Club Roundup for the first time. And the fact that people want to talk to them, that people are very, very understanding um, of them being new and getting on the air, it's, it's just a great way to break down those barriers and really drive activity. And then uh, another thing that, that I'm actually uh, working on an article for for the next uh, edition of the National Contest Journal is the um, National um, Collegiate Championships, which was a contest within a contest. You had, had the colleges doing a contest – uh, on the North American QSO party with live scoring going on in between. And, uh, I believe Georgia tech was the, uh, was the winner on that one. Um, but a lot of schools participated in that and, and I'll be uh, interviewing some of those and, and writing that up for, uh, an upcoming edition of NCJ. So, um, it's another opportunity for colleges to, uh, get on the air and, and do a little competition. Yeah piggybacking on that uh, NCA rivalry you know and uh I, like I said I think all those are doing you know really fantastic and I know there's been we've been tossing around some ideas I know Sterling and I talked about last year with Triple E as well um at uh, Hamvention about even potentially a uh, college specific sprint or something like that so figuring out you know the logistics of doing something like that but um you know but I think that the more activities like that the easier it is to drive club activity you know, and I, I think that, you know, again, I, I can't harp it enough. You know, if you have uh, good planning for an event and you, you know, are very, very specific and not just, you know, come hang out at the radio station, um, that really does wonders for driving activity. And the more that we can provide as a community, I think the better. Sterling, anything to follow up with on that? Oh, um, yeah, exactly. I I also think we'll have, be having a couple more nets coming up, um, like an HF net. For sure, but a contest, uh, collegiate 
college specific and also just trying to like get out more of the I guess college spirit into all of the contests or as many as as we possibly can and intersperse that between you know finals week and test um area areas in the year where tests are more common than than others um I think that that'll be like a super exciting event um or super exciting like whole shift for the uh, collegiate side of things so yeah for sure and and I really love um I know, I'll just go back to the you know live streaming introductory things and and uh and that sort of stuff where we can all share it on the carry page um anything that brings us together is is super powerful and i think it'll make for a lot of a lot of new hams a lot of interesting hams and a lot of like careers out of this too i i just gave a talk to um uh, uh american public university system they're an online university about the um, impact of amateur radio on my life as an electrical engineer and the way, you know, what it can do for you as a STEM, you know, pr- um, 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 soon to be student, a um, potential student, right? Um, and it was super well attended um, and uh, it was recorded. I don't have the recording yet, but uh, I can't post it because it was like closing to their sister, their university. But uh, I think I'm going to take that speak speech I did and, and push it around to places like. Uh, Dayton, or I'm even going to Friedrichshafen. I don't know if I'll be able to get a, a forum at Friedrichshafen or Dayton at this point, but um, I do have that in my back pocket. Uh, and I think it's really important. Like, uh, ham radio as a hobby is, you know, potentially life changing for, you know, uh, for good reasons. And that's something we brought up at the very first um, carry forum when we did a Hamcasian uh, last year um, was the networking aspect of it. Because I know, um, you know, for instance, I know my brother Tony. Uh, he, you know, he got, his, you know, some of his internships because he was a ham and yep. that came up and I know you're in a similar boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even come up for me, um, you know, in interviews, you know, people look at that and they go, oh, you know, I'm a ham too. Or they'll, the best one is when they start, you know, tapping something out in Morse code and ask you to, uh, <laughs> fortunately I did, uh, the CW Academy. So I'm actually much better with my, uh, Morse code, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. And I think another way that it can really, uh, you know, change your life, too, is to look at the, you know, scholarship dollars available. Um, I, I don't think that we put enough focus on that enough. Um, both the ARRL Foundation offers um, a bunch of scholarships, either directly from the league or coordinates with clubs, as well as the Foundation for Amateur Radio. And while the league's uh, scholarships end January uh, 31st, um, the FAR scholarships are due at tax time. Um, every year so it's a very easy time to remember when those are due um, and you know a lot of the those dollars you know uh, could really go to either hams that are active in clubs and you know could benefit from that or you know uh, going to sort of your wheelhouse there neil uh you know students you know that want to get active in amateur radio in college or maybe were active in high school and you know are at least interested in keeping it you know going forward you know that that's a nice way to sort of give them a reminder when they uh have some hams help and support them in their studies. 812-638-4261 is the phone number if you'd like to join in. That's 812-NET-AM1, where you can tweet us or Skype us. We have a few minutes uh, remaining here, so if you'd like to chime in, please do. And Dr. Scott Wright, KZU-MD, reminded me that it's the North American Collegiate Championship. I I didn't get the name quite right on that, but that's... uh, that's coming up in NCJ soon, so we'll talk about that um, in in that forum. Um, 
But again, the number is 812-638-4261 if you would like to call. Um, what, what are some, some resources that are out there for a university that wants to start a brand new club or, or restart uh, a, a club? What do you suggest for getting some equipment to get started on that? You know, I think the best way is to look at your local clubs and look at what, you know, is in the area um, in terms of just the community itself. Um, I know, for instance, in Gainesville, we have the Gainesville Amateur Radio Society, K4GNV, and that's, you know, worked in partnership with the Gator Amateur Radio Club, W4DFU, for years. Um, You know, and I I know most, uh, you know, college uh, clubs are within likely a community of, you know, really a community of hams there's a lot of uh you know professors or you know just engineers or uh, staff members at schools that you know are hams and they just it doesn't come up during the day and there's more than likely a club accessible so that's a great way to start getting on the air um is to just sort of partner with that club and say hey we want to you know start and really all you need to start a college club is you know three friends uh you know and register for your call sign with the fcc if you don't have one already and you know a cheap ht is enough to start you know, and, and you can sort of work your way up from there. Um, you know, there's a lot of resources on the uh, Cary Facebook page in terms of just asking um, other hams how to do it, how to work through student government. Um, student government's usually a pretty difficult challenge for three students. So, you know, having other. <laughs> yeah. And we, so we I remember fighting that in the University of Southern Indiana and trying to get uh, through student government. We finally got through it, but it, it did take a little while. Go ahead, Sterling. The good thing about that, about having all these colleges in one place, is that um, when you want to start a you know um, a club and you have to deal with um, student government, we have all these boilerplates that we've you know given for like funding or for uh, club appropriations and and uh, actually starting and making the club a registered organization um, that will send you know freely and quickly as possible because you know we always need more clubs. Uh, I've also seen a lot of people ask this question on Reddit, um, the Amateur Radio subreddit. There's a lot of college hams on there that uh, go through a painstaking process of like detailing their whole club's history and how they dealt with it um, and, and following through and actually contacting that person. And, and I'm, I'm one of those people. <laughs> you know, there's, there's been a lot of that with Tripoli, um, you know, especially with our like tower upgrades. And, and you know, uh, I wasn't there at the time, but they're the double E building caught on fire. And so we had to, you know, strip every single tile out of the ham shack to get it deep clean from all of the water damage and everything. And I think they ended up getting carpet out of it or, or maybe fresh tile. No, they, yeah, they got tile, but, um, yeah, it's just, just feel free to ask. And, and somebody will be like, at least three people will be on you in no time. Cause you know, all of us really want to help everybody. And, you know, amateur radio is a very different hobby than a lot of college clubs. Um, you know, for instance, most of our stuff is like a capital improvement, right? We're going to put something on the building. We're going to invest in expensive radios, you know. Um, we're not buying pizza and T-shirts, you know. So, um, you know, that's a separate whole thing to navigate. Um, sometimes yeah. student government funds can't even be used for that sort of thing. Um, so sort of keeping that, you know, in mind. And, and that's like Sterling said, you know, um, if someone posts with those questions um, or wants to offer help, you know, uh, the carry page is a great way, um, for us to, you know, sort of coordinate that. Um, 
And chances are it, someone else has been through that problem before you. So it's nice to not have to work through the same problem 15 times. Now, uh, one of the things you guys just mentioned was social media and, and a connection to that. And Andy, we wanted to talk a little bit about some ways that we can communicate with this age group, maybe a little, little better, um, to recruit those people and get a hold of those. Cause now in a, in a confined environment like mine, we can, you know, put it on the announcements and put it on the little TV show that's in, inside the school. But when you're on a university campus, it's a lot harder to track down even those people who are already licensed or have already been in a ham radio club. So talk a little bit about interfacing with those students. Yeah. So the, the problem is, is that we got to make amateur radio loud, and we got to make amateur radio loud to um, the people that are, you know, sort of younger than us. And they listen very differently than my generation. Sterling and I pay attention to way different things than what our parents paid attention to, um, and we pay attention to things differently than what current high school uh, students do. Um, so it's adapting with the time. So obviously, social media is this huge thing, you know. Um, people don't read you know qst like they used to they're going to consume it on a digital platform instead of the paper um they're going to be more in tune with twitter they're going to be more in tune with snapchat so making amateur radio loud is piggybacking on things um, that maybe aren't directly amateur radio related but sharing that on social media and at least drawing the connection getting that exposure you know um recently for instance spacex had the falcon heavy launch you know that's a huge deal everyone was talking about it um, but the amateur radio community on social media was largely silent about it. Um, why? I don't know. This is something that affects amateur radio operators. You know, this could help us launch more Oscars. You know, um, and a lot of hams are naturally interested in space. You know, as I mentioned before, the Swampsat uh, Club at UF was very interested in getting their amateur radio license because they wanted to put a satellite in orbit and they needed the spectrum. Um, so, you know, when you're on social media and you're trying to promote, you know, amateur radio, you know, don't just look at it in a vacuum and say, I can only post about things that involve radio. Um, you know, look at similar hobbies. You know, a lot of hams are outdoorsmen and they love, you know, going to the park and operating. You know, Napoto is great for that. You know, so if you see something, you know, come up about a national park, share that. And I'm sure that will get, you know, um, retweeted by more than just your amateur radio friends. Um, and that really creates that exposure and sort of gives people the idea of, oh, this isn't, you know, my grandfather's amateur radio. These are really, you know, still an active, vibrant community that's out doing different and cool things. And Sterling, you've got 40 seconds, but I know what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you do. It's I totally agree. Big antennas at uh, your organization showcase events always helps. We had a satellite aero antenna. We had CW in the background playing. Um, e-connection is our like email listserv that we have for the whole university. Um, and I'm sure most universities have something like that. And, and like, I agree events, which aren't directly amateur radio related and are supported by other organizations. Like IEEE, we did an Easter egg hunt where we made the Easter eggs into RF beacons and we used little $2, uh, receivers that we built, designed and built to receive them or advanced uh, or associates for computing machinery. We did a war Wi-Fi war drive and got a lot of overlap between um, the CompSci department and the electrical engineering department. We built cantennas to detect uh, the un-password-protected uh, Wi-Fi uh, <laughs> access points on the city. So that was a lot of fun, and it was a huge draw. Um, anything that has wireless, satellite teams, solar car, telemetry, 
um, something, and we started a Mars Rover design team and did networking, and we got a lot of hams licenses because we wanted more power on our ubiquity Wi-Fi bullet. So things like that. It, it's a it's a big draw. And, and I set you up, but but I set you up for Reddit. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, I always go to the Reddit and uh, <laughs> and the Reddit meetups at Hamcation and Hamvention. Mm-hmm. It's it's a. It, I think Reddit is one of the best ham radio communities on the internet. It's it's a bunch of really good people who are slightly sarcastic, but always really helpful. And everything <laughs> that is noise just goes down. It's like there is a noise floor at the bottom of every page because it's sorted by upvotes. Don't go down below in the noise floor. Stay above the noise. Yeah, stay above the noise, as Christian says. Yes. All right. Well, we've got to leave it there. We are out of time. That is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. But thanks to Andy Malusi, KK4LWR, for joining us tonight. And also for, uh, Sterling Coffee and Zero SSC for calling in. And uh, everyone out there for chiming in tonight and listening. And I invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Steve Waterman, K4CGX, and Phil Sherrod, W4PHS, will be here to talk about WinLink. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Don't, 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 don't,